Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 114. We've already got our booster juice, we're down in the basement, we just finished Dynamite. We're going to talk about Dynamite and a whole bunch of other stuff from the world of wrestling this week. I'm your host, my co-host and teenage son is here. Jack, are you here? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm absent this week. It has been week of work for you, huh? Employed boy, his first job that he, if you're yeah. a regular listener, you know Jack got his first ever job about, what, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Still haven't been paid. No, and I've been in since Tuesday. Right. You've worked from, you'll be working Tuesday to Sunday this week, which is Monday. awesome. Oh, you work Monday as well? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, you've been very busy. I've been busy too, just with work plus coaching two sports. So I was coaching every night except Monday this week, I think it was, right? I'm doing volleyball as well as your brother's rep basketball team so that's keeping me busy but it's fun um and then i don't know what else did we get up to this week we your brother's birthday but you were at work so we went out for a fancy dessert with a couple of his buddies and sort of hung out and whatnot and i don't know but uh i'm pretty excited to talk about wrestling this week i had a enjoyable week Mm. of watching wrestling is there anything Mm. else you wanted to discuss we were just talking off air about our plans to maybe go to buffalo yeah because we get a Long story short, we get this weird week off at the end of October. Uh, technically, your brother now doesn't. Now it's the week before Halloween. Week before Halloween, so we're back for Halloween. Mm. So we, we have in the past gone Caribbean, but we're going to sort of hold off one more year on doing that again. So I think we're going to head down to beautiful Buffalo for a couple of days just to shop at some different places, mm-hmm. stay in a different place. And, and fulfill my lifelong dream of going to Target. Right, because it's only about two and a half hours away from where we live in southern ontario so it's not a big trip we can go like midweek when things aren't busy hopefully the border crossing's not bad and just sort of i don't know hang out in a hotel for a couple nights do a very budget uh vacation so and i know you want to hit target and do some figure hunting because then i'll actually have stuff worthwhile maybe i can get that stuff well you know what's on the way to and from buffalo don't you oh yeah that's place in niagara hamilton well no hamilton we have to drive by hamilton basically too so a couple collectible stores we know of on the way we'll see what we hit um and what we do but yeah that's our possible plan um i don't know if anyone really cares but we like to banter about non-wrestling stuff for a few minutes because i know there's a couple people that listen that are general idea that aren't wrestling people and just listen to us yammer for a little bit i think Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i don't really have anything else exciting going on what about you no Mm -hmm. So you're ready. You're just, are you going to use words or just like grunting today? You're drinking your booster mm. juice right into the microphone, which you know yeah. I love. It's so like ASMR slash wrestling review for you. You can listen to this yeah. kid slurp ASMR on a ASMR review. Is that even a thing? I don't know. Um, but anyways, I say we get started and talk about some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. All right, taking a look at the ratings this week, we've got NXT, which uh, averaged 668,000 viewers this week, which is down 5.49%, earned a 0.15 in the key demographic, which is the same. So that slow, like, incremental upward climb it seems to be on has stopped this week. Not a significant drop. They're still, like, right around 700,000, which I think is very good for them. They're probably quite happy with that. So it was the third best overall audience of the year so far. Dynamite this week stayed over a million for I don't know how many weeks in a row it is now four or five probably so they got one point 
this was a grand slam this week right? it so was so it was still a little down bit of more of an attraction there. but still down from last week 11 percent, but mm. still over that million mark and they earned a 0.35 in the key demo which is down from 0.39 last week so a little bit of a dip but i still think pretty solid numbers <laughs> and they still ranked number one in the top 150 shows on cable for wednesday night so that's something they're all they always seem to be first or second in that category so a decent week for i think it Sure, a bit of a downturn for both, but I think those are still decent numbers for each company. So, a good week, I guess. Mm-hmm. You? Um, so, I saw that Triple H is implementing a new two-year rule for NXT. Yes. Um, so, basically, it's like, I think last year they were doing, or last time they were doing, like, when 2.0 started, they were doing, like, a year, I think. Yes. And so, I think two years, like, pretty fair, I think. Cause yeah, I don't hate I it. I think other sports are also more cutthroat when it comes to this kind of thing. Yes. So, I think it's fair. And apparently, this puts a lot of current roster members on the clock right i saw that so, phrasing as well um that'll that'll be interesting but yeah so like basically two years if you don't improve you're gone and are so I, I guess this whole on the clock implies that two years from not starting right now but starting when you got there right right so i don't think it's terrible either because it, if it's developmental then you should have developed to a certain degree in two years and if you're already an established person if they haven't found a spot for you on main roster in two years right then away you go um I feel like, I don't know, maybe there is some exceptions, because, like... There could be. Like, I if mean, you... Tyler Bates still around. Um, yeah, true. I guess Dragonov's been around Unless for they're a while arguing too. they're not counting UK, I don't know. Or, like, I I guess it's still, like, NXT, or, like, um, I don't know. I guess, like, a lot of the NXT guys are gone now, but... But even Breaker, so he's got a year <laughs> gone already, right? So if you think about someone like that, so he, within yeah, the year... Yeah, I think he's an easy one to go up. He is. So. He is, for sure. So I, I think, like, that's a reasonable amount of time, right? Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, first news item for me is it came out recently that Bobby Fish, who'd been, recently been released by AEW, or was it a non-renewal? I don't want to use it. It was re- a non-renewal. Okay, so not I'm released. Sure. But finished his time, we'll say, with AEW. Uh, the report Contact is went up. that he tried to get his former Undisputed Era friends to ask for their AEW releases. So that'd back, be, I think, or that would be Cole know. and O'Reilly, and that's it, I guess. I appreciate the effort, because I wish they would stay together. But... I, yeah, so obviously they said no, and one of the people who commented under this that was joking, it was kind of funny, was basically like, um, Bobby Fish said something about like he'd go to war for Triple H or whatever, right? Hoping to get back into WWE, and Triple H is like, they're like, funny made-up response was basically actually we were kind of hoping to get you as a whole group right like thanks bobby fish but we don't really want you we want the whole group and he can't get the whole group back so we'll see what happens i like bobby fish i but... wish it was to get... and on that note um bobby fish also appeared at impact wrestling's victory road last night right which i have watched the first two matches of as of this saturday what is it just early afternoon as we're recording this so i've watched the opener and the machine guns and uh, PCO and Vincent tag honor team no match. Uh, honor. Actually, that match over delivered because I wanted to hate it, but it actually was a very solid tag match. So yeah, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Yeah, that kind of sucks because I do know what happened. That's just lame. What? Bobby Fish goes to Impact like that. That just um, sucks. I mean, it's kind of a good fit for him because he'll be like he could move beyond mid card in yeah, Impact. Yeah, I just don't really care about Impact. I know. Honestly, I I think we should have gotten more Redragon. We'll talk about Impact later, or I will, because uh, I watched it. But it's it seems to be shifting a little bit. Um, I guess I'll say it now, and I hope not repeat it later. It feels like they're going with longer matches on their TV program, and so far, I like it better. Like Most of them are actual reasonable TV matches the last couple weeks, so I'm kind of enjoying it a little bit. Um, and we'll talk about it when we get to high spots and rest holds. 
Uh, what else do I have? It might not mean much to some people, but Gabe Sapolsky is back with WWE. It's unclear at this point whether that's main roster. So he's like a backstage producer type role. Um, so we're not sure if it's main roster or NXT. But the reason I care about that is I kind of like a lot of his work. He was one of the many names working for Triple H as uh, in NXT as part of that team. He also had some of the work he did in Evolve I really liked. He was working uh, for or owned it or was the main guy, the booker, I think, for Evolve when WWE took it over. So I'm glad that he's back if we are going to... I would selfishly like to see him go back to NXT and sort of build that brand back again, but I'm glad to see him back, I think. Mm -hmm. I would say the biggest news of the week, and not the Saudi Arabia stuff, the biggest news of the week is Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle set to face off against Extreme Rules in the fight pit. Yeah. Fight um, pit. So I don't know if it's just because... The fight pit. I listen to all similar-minded stuff, but everyone I listen to and whatever is... Everyone liked fight I pit matches. Too. Yeah, on like the post, everyone loves fight pit. It's fight a unique, pit's awesome. It's like a unique match to that brand or that company, I guess, since they're moving it up from the from NXT. But yeah, I always enjoyed it. Right? Was There's can I ask two. you a question? There was two. Were they both the no crowd era with no crowd, or did one of them um, have a crowd? So the first one was twenty twenty. The first one was no crowd, or at least like when they had the plantains. Right. And then the second one was Thatcher and Champ. That was um cwc era so i think we've been like did they that, have fans? that was i think that was like the mass fans like the half thunderdome thing okay i want to say yeah so, so uh, yeah i like the match type as well especially if you get the right people like riddle's a perfect fit obviously and rollins can work any style so i think, I think it makes cool. sense for riddle to, to kind of take over the match type if thatcher's gone because riddle was also yeah in the first one so yep. i guess you could kind of appropriate it for him um that's awesome because i i for one like to show fight pit repeatedly over and over fight pit is fun to say yeah fight, like pit. Say fight pit yeah and uh, rock fight pit Boom. yeah and you're it's introducing awesome. a new match type to main, to roster, main roster fans yeah. who haven't it's one of the watched. recent concepts they've had that i actually love i agree it's, it's as really long as you cool. put the right people in it right um, i think it should be riddles match i think, I think so too cool. it makes I sense i mean i guess you could give it to someone else too but i don't really i can't think of anyone off the top of my head that fits better than also riddle fits like is that style like lesnar obviously but he but doesn't need lesnar it Lesnar doesn't need any else he's also never around right unless so, he did lesnar riddle think, in a fight pit i think riddle's the fir the fight perfect pit. fit especially if you're trying to sort of distance yourself from goofy pothead riddle and it adds some intrigue to extreme rules because it's a stipulation match but it's it's unique yeah and already like with Liv morgan and ronda rouse having extreme rules match they're already doing better than last year when they literally yes. only have one extreme you reminded rules me match. of that and i was like oh yeah with, that was... where demon balor uh pumped back to life right and then the turnbuckle fell off right yeah forgot about that extreme That's rules with one it. extreme rules match yeah amazing yeah. um mostly regular rules kind of makes me happy as somebody still watching nxt and not a big fan that's gg dolan and jc jane appear to be set to be going up to main roster at any time in the near future so but that stinks up the join up on main roster i know but i watch that less still at this point so they've been used on the main roster already fairly recently right they replaced um nikita lyons and zoe stark in the women's tag tournament i kind of feel like they need to all three go so i'm wondering does somehow Mandy Rose go too? Because do you really think that those two on their own are going to like stick? Or I don't know. I feel like they need the trio. Yeah. Not even that I'm a huge fan because you it know just, I'm not. But No, I hate them, but I think it, it makes a Does it work with just Jane and Dolan? I think it works even less, right? I, I think it works less. As, they much, need... as much as I hate them all. 
I agree. Like the act itself is already not good, and I think it will be I worse. Don't, I don't think you want to make it, yeah, suck more. I agree. So I guess we'll see, but I'm okay with seeing them go. They had a match this week that was pretty bland on NXT. So, and that's generally what it is. Like, yeah, I guess they're fine, but I'm never excited by any mm-hmm. of their work. And yeah. they've been their lo- their clock is running. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Mandy Rose's clock is got to be expiring. Um, did she predate it? She came 2.0? in. The, she did. They all did. So I would say summer, summer 2021. Right? Say. So, so tick, 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 tock, as Cross would say, right? Oh, well, that's funny because Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre set to face off Extreme Rules. Well, it's a double segue because my last one was Extreme Rules related, so it's like a double segue. Nice. Um, In a strap match. We are everyone's, professionals. Everyone's favorite match type. Ugh, my strap favorite. Match. You tie two people Karrion together. Karrion Cross plus a strap. How could it be limiting, you know? Yeah. That's... Or them have to... Remember, people are, like, trying to get in and out of the ropes, and they're, like, struggling to figure that kind of stuff out. It's not my yeah, favorite. Yeah, um, so that's something. I mean, at least it's something different, and we don't see a ton of strap matches. True. So at least it's, like, like I said, like, at least they're kind of building some interest for Extreme Rules, because it's at least different. Um, I don't think Roman Reigns will be on the show, so I think this is, like, one of the frontrunners for a possible main event. I guess, yeah. Um, I would personally like to see Fight Pit Me go too. on last. Um, it won't. I don't think it won't. No. All right, I don't think it will. Me either. Um, so, so far, that would bring us with the strap match, fight pit, fight pit, and um, Morgan Rousey again. Yay. Um, wow. How many times is that? It's three. Well, if you include the cash-in. Um, I would. So, I also know that Um, so Gunther and Sheamus are having a rematch on. I would personally, like, I feel like they're kind of setting up Sheamus to win. I personally would like Sheamus to win at, if, at the pay-per-view. Maybe add, like, a stipulation on that. Yeah. Like, Walter beats the crap out of him again, gives Sheamus another good showing, and then maybe he gets, like, one one more shot. You put, like, let's say, career on the line, whatever, like, something like that. Like, um, like Ziggler did, remember, 2016, the yep. Miz feud, like, yep. to get another shot, and then you add, like, a stipulation on, like, Extreme Rules or something that fits Walter, maybe. Yeah. And then you could have Sheamus win on the pay-per-view because I'd like to, A, that's another mid-cartel spotlight. B, I want more stipulations on the show because I, I like what they're doing so far. Like, mm-hmm. you got to have an Extreme Rules match, I think. Somewhere along the line, you maybe have a cage match because Imperium just cost Brawling Brutes a tag match, so right. they could have a cage match. You said Brawling Brutes. Sorry. <laughs> hate yourself. You should see his face right I now. He's that. so disappointed in himself. Uh, and so maybe you could have like a cage match so that Imperium and Pete Dunne and Rich Holland are, yeah. are out of there. I mean, Fight Pit's kind of a cage match, but like, I don't know. Or like, sort of some Different enough, there, like, I think. It's different so. enough. Yeah. And then you could have like, I don't know, Lashley versus someone, like, I'd rather not, but you could do tables match, I guess. Or you like, could. I don't know. I'd, like, if Reigns is not on there, I think you definitely have to throw both mid-cartels on there. Like, Lashley's been doing open challenges. Like, you just defend against Rollins. Right. And Riddle Costin would shut up Fight Pit. So, I mean, I kind of, like, like, I don't know, if you can build something for Lashley, I don't, I don't know who you build, but, like, it I, doesn't have to be, like, super huge. But I just, like... How far away are we from mm, Extreme Rules? How many weeks do they have to, like... Because I don't even really know what's going on on main roster. A little bit, but not. October 8th. Okay, so they got a couple weeks, basically. Mm -hmm. So I think they should. And then maybe they could do, oh, Belair and Bailey would be an easy, like, throw stipulation on there. Because that's already Well, that could be caged to keep the other ones out. That could be caged, yeah. To keep the other two out. I think that would also work. And then Walter and Sheamus could be, I don't know. I hope they add some more stuff. Because honestly, like. It looks solid so far. I mean, obviously, strap matches in the best, but I like that they're at least throwing stuff there yep. this time. I think Triple H is. We'll definitely doing watch it. 
Yeah. And we'll talk about it, Fight I'm sure. Pit. Fight Pit. Mm-hmm. My final news item is not anything major, because it's not confirmed. I haven't seen it confirmed, but I don't know. It's uh, basically Dave Meltzer on his radio program thinking that Wardlow is probably injured during the match, I think from Rampage, maybe. Um, Wardlow? He paired to be hurt. Don't know how serious this is his, a quote from him. He appeared to have a leg injury, but he did come back. So Interim. Interim. It's just, that dude's cooled off too, so an injury doesn't, this would be bad timing, or maybe good timing, depending how you look at it, I guess, because his momentum, as they would say in WWE, is not super strong for yeah. me right now. I'm calling it Interim again. But that's all I have. Yep. Um. So I got two more. Um. Very happy news. Hangman Page won the golden ticket battle royal on Rampage. Right. So he's got a future uh, title shot against, spoiler alert, Moxley. So that basically means we'll get Hangman versus Moxley at some point down the line, which is awesome because those are like my two favorite guys and suck at CM Punk. I was just going to say, and it's a bit of a middle finger to CM Punk, maybe. I give him all the middle fingers. Which I guess we can also talk about like he's not expected to wrestle right. again, some sort of bio, which... Wade Keller, who's saying, like, he no, he's not 100%, but he doesn't expect that Punk would ever wrestle for AEW again, or at this point, like, never say never, right? Yeah, and Jack, his ass Jack is happy boy about that. Well, I'm very happy. Not, not even just, like, the Punk thing, that's an added bonus, but Hangman and Mox are my two favorite guys. Right. So that that's pretty cool. Yep. I'm happy with that. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. And then, speaking of awesome, not, uh, Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns for the title. Yes, Logan Paul. Um, at Crown Jewel. So let me reiterate that for everybody. Logan Paul, who has had two matches in WWE and is a big looked good though. I'm not gonna lie for being a celebrity. He's a big dick bag. I hate him too. Um, but... he's getting a title match against Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. Logan Paul in Saudi Arabia, and obviously per the Saudi Prince request, because they're a big bunch of doofs <laughs> that love why because they love Logan Paul. Well, Saudi Arabia. Other reasons too. Um. So and they wanted Goldberg, so... We, interestingly enough, just came downstairs from watching, what, maybe a minute or two of the press conference, and my comment was that Logan Paul is playing himself and doing a worse job than Roman Reigns oh, yeah, is Roman doing, Reigns playing is... a character. I hate Logan Paul so much. Roman Reigns was amazing in that. Like, the little bit we watched, he's so... Comf- he's come so far from the Roman Reigns when they were jamming him down our throat, and he wasn't very believable. Like... He is and that. Ironically, his motto was "Believe that." Right, and his character now—he is that character. Like he's—he is a like main event, like cornerstone of a company. Right. Um, I, I don't always love his in ring. Like I think he's good in ring, and he's for what WWE wants. He's perfect for them. So yeah. Um. Oh yeah, he definitely. And like Logan Paul, I feel like it is him playing himself, but it's also not because like he's. Because well, he's hateable. Because he's denying. He's trying to not his be hateable. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Which like he's like being himself, but he's being the himself that people want. Yes. That he wants people to see, and not the himself right. that he, I think he naturally Carl is. Carl Young would call it his persona. Is yeah. what he's projecting to the world. Yeah, he's projecting how he wants to be perceived. Untrue things. Right. Yep. Uh, is that the end of news? It is. All right. It so is. I'm pretty excited to talk about this next item which is this week's uh episode of aew dynamite all right tell me all about grand slam fella all right we opened the show with claudio casagnoli the only time i'm typing his last name (laughs) defending the ring of honor world title against chris jericho and i was like where did this come from was i supposed to know this right so i didn't know this was coming actually but I welcome it because Jericho's been on a like since he's got we were saying since he got into really good shape, right? He's been having 
very good matches. The so. dancing ones were good. And we were close. What did he do before the dance? We were pretty close to being like done with Jericho. Like if you oh, go yeah. back about especially a couple months the, or more, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I would say even like I would say especially before um, Jazz and right. like or especially in the MJF feud, I was like retire. Yeah, like yeah. I've seen enough, right? But then he he got went away, got in great shape. I would He's, say around the Arena Anarchy stuff, that was pretty good. Having some good matches, even though I'm not loving Jazz, I wasn't loving like. Him going back to all of his characters didn't really. But do the matches much for were me. solid, right? The matches themselves are the good. The Mox so. one was solid. Um, both the Anson ones have been good. So I'm um, okay. With, I was okay with seeing this show up as mm-hmm. an opener. Oh, and there's rapid uppercuts in the corner from Claudio. Um, Claudio lifts Jericho to military press and then crotches him on the top rope. Oh, you all right? Okay. There we go. Um, suplex from the apron by Jericho, which that looks pretty cool. That's it one did. of his usual spots now. Yes, he, he's been doing that lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Jericho attempts a Frankenstein, but Claudio catches it and then tries to hit an avalanche powerbomb, but then Jericho kind of counters back into the Hurricanrana. Oh, that makes sense. Which is pretty cool. Because my note says counter, counter from the top rope. Nice. But I didn't have details, so. Really? That's what you wrote? Because I knew you would fill it in for me. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, oh yeah, I like that spot. That's uh, Jericho usually what goes I do. for a codebreaker, but Claudio catches him and then drops him in an uppercut for a two count. That was kind of cool. It was. Um, Jericho goes for a low blow and Claudio blocks that and then hits a Ricola bomb for two. Yeah, believable near fall mm-hmm. there for me. Uh, Jericho locks in the walls of Jericho. Claudio eventually counters out, stomps Jericho's face, and then swings him a bunch. Really, really nice looking swing. And, mm-hmm. and Jericho looks like he's suffering the whole time, which I thought was a nice touch too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jericho... Uh, oh, yeah, the ref is distracted after Claudio uh, stopped the bad shot from Jericho, so the, the ref's getting that out of there. Jericho then hits a low blow and a juice effect, and he gets the win. Yeah, so I... Gets the ocho surprised a by the match existing right for me and surprised by the uh result of this for sure but i still thought it was an excellent match i got um really into it and a peek behind the curtain here there was a lot of distractions right your aunt was over for your brother's birthday um she had ordered dominoes that was being discussed and whatever but i was very still able to like focus on this match i thought it was really good there were some cool counters and near falls like a, a very strong opener um the aftermath was a nice continuation too, right, of the Garcia storyline because he didn't look thrilled. The rest of Jass are obviously thrilled and celebrating Jericho's win and Garcia's not really. And then he's even like hanging back among the crowd right. as they're sort of celebrating. It's kind of weird that the least... So I like that. What the least pro wrestling faction, the least honorable faction has two of Ring of Honor's belts. Now. Right. It's kind of... And I think that might be kind of the point, right, is it's... I think it's it was the, funny because then Jericho was also saying in the interview that like he's like how honorable he is and like right. so I think that could be a funny part of his gimmick now because like, that seems like a very Jericho thing like you know right. like Le Champion the sports entertainment group have the least sports entertainment companies titles right is right. kind of the way they're going so I don't think has he not held a title since the AEW title I think right so I don't think so yeah. uh, so the title change made this feel even more important and kind of caught me by surprise too I thought this was a really good start to the show and even like. The continued storyline of Garcia, I thought, was really nicely included at the end without like taking away from anything. So I thought this was really good all around. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a lot of me saying that. Yeah. Just as a little bit of a preview of this <laughs> review. Uh, solid opener, surprising result. I agree. Like I got spoiled on this before we watched it. And I was like, I was like, what? You like, are Doctor Spoiler. It's funny, really folks. He gets spoiled on everything if we, and because we don't watch a lot live or anything live, and I get spoiled on nothing. So it's quite interesting mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. other than you spoil things because i can read you like a book so even your tiny little reactions i know 
But anyways, carry on. <laughs> uh, I think it makes two weeks in a row, or maybe three if you include all out that um, uh, Jericho's had a good match. Like he's definitely doing a better job recently. The last week and this week have been great. I really like last week's. Um, I'm really surprised that Jericho uh, won this one. They did make a whole thing on Rampage that he's won seven world titles. The only place he's missing uh, one is ROH. Um, and I guess that maybe foreshadowed this a bit, but not really because it was a really short build. I don't it think was. he could have done a longer build because he was also involved in the tournament. But nonetheless. And also, they're wrong because he was in New Japan and he never held the world title. And That's you can't true. say he was there for a short time because I know he held the Intercontinental title. So he was clearly there long enough to win titles and he didn't hold the world title there. So suck it. So he's holding up the eight fingers now, right? Is that his thing? The Ocho. The Ocho. Yeah, right. so technically now he should go to Japan and win that Get the title. Nuevo. Sure. That's nine, I believe. In what? Spanish. Oh. That's Ocho. Okay. So he's got to go beat Jay White. There was a famous football player who legally changed his name to Ocho Cinco, which was his jersey number, 85. Nice. Changed his name to Ocho Cinco, like legally. Interesting cat. People change their... Chad Johnson, I want to say, was his real name. Anyways, sorry. People change their names now to dumber things. Correct. Sometimes. Um, I don't love him as him because I don't really feel like it works. I just like the jazz thing, but I feel like... Like, he's been doing good matches, but, like, I don't know if I really need him as Ring of Honor team, because I think Claudio does a good job. I'm kind of in the camp of, I wouldn't have done it, but I'll, like, I'm I'll open wait and to see, see where yeah. it goes, yeah. Um, it was a good opener, though. It yeah. was, for sure. Um, next, we have Mox the Danielson promo. Um, Regal says it's a big night for Blackpool Combat Club. Um, Mox says this is their Super Bowl. It's the biggest, like, talk, referring to the title. Um, and Danielson recounts of everyone he's lost to, like, in major match he's lost. He's also beaten them, like, kind of gone his win right. back, like Garcia and Hangman. He just beat uh, Jericho. He just beat, and that just leaves Moxley, because obviously, um, I think Danson took the loss at Revolution yeah. um, earlier this year. I love that detail. Mm-hmm. And Moxley says he doesn't just need to win. He knows he will win. Um, I thought it was a solid little package. I actually like this a lot. I like what they both said. I like Moxley's always elevating that title, even, even yes. though, like, here he doesn't have it yet. He's still putting over how important it is. And you believe like, it. Right, and yes. he definitely makes the belt. He doesn't. He the does. belt doesn't make him like. And I think that's why he's a good choice to keep putting it on because I think he elevates it a lot. And because they do tout it as like the biggest title around, and I think that um, it goes a long way to have Mox elevating. Because I think that puts it more towards that. This year, man, has, and Danson's boo is good too. This year has, and you were early to this party, way before me. This year's made me a fan of Moxley. Like before, I would say like I get that people like him, and I think he's you know. He's a good performer and whatever, but now I, I would say I'm a fan, man. Like, and I don't, a lot of people are like, but he's not amazing in the ring, but watch his matches. Do you enjoy his matches or not? I think he's, he's great in the He's ring. not a bad wrestler. Um, so yeah, I like this package too. It was really nice to hear Danielson speak because I feel like I haven't much lately. Mm-hmm. And what he said is just, that's all the motivation this guy needs, right? Is you're the only guy I haven't avenged my loss. So that's super important to him. So I like this. It yeah, I like it too. Accomplished mm-hmm. a lot really quickly. Yeah, so again, I've, I've been Moxley fan since like day one. He's literally he's been my favorite guy for like the whole yeah. time. I don't. We have we even, have Dean Ambrose side plates. I got right the Dean Ambrose side plates there. Yeah, I, he was he was my favorite even when he like kind of sucked. Shout out um, to Coots for the side plates. Right? Oh yeah, you love that gift so much. Oh yeah, I still need a belt, man. I still yeah. need a belt. Right. Like maybe someday I'll have the funds for that. Actually, if you ever get paid. If I ever get paid. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this was a nice little bit. Um, next we move to the tag title match between. The acclaimed and the defending champs, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, coming out with Fabulous. Yeah, I didn't know who that was. I know nothing. I'm not hip or cool, so. That's a dumb name, know. too. Like, just spell words right. 
honestly. Rematch of a match I loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no one was We got her Karana by Lee to Bowens. And then, so the entrance rap made reference to like uh, current political stuff, taking a shot at uh, former Governor Cuomo there. Um, called them, called Swerve and Keith Lee like a whatever ounce Pepsi and a two liter Pepsi, which I thought was funny. And they made a reference to the Little Mermaid, how people are up in arms about the Little Mermaid being black. Get, yeah, I saw that. Get that's over like, it, people. That's not, My I God. mean, I would say sure it's a little weird, but that's because like it's only ever been like the white cartoons. So, so right, like, like who cares though? But and it's like it's a made up fictional character. It's Do not whatever like you want. something where like I feel like it'd be weird if like they changed Aladdin because isn't the whole point like well yeah from Aladdin's that area how he yeah. is right? So it's not like. She's literally a mermaid, which isn't real. So right. you could do what you do want, whatever people. Whatever Fragile want. white people, get over it. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not a bad reference to make. I don't know. It, it was good. I like it. And it was it funny. Is, I like. I like that now, like, cause they're like red hot. So you'll be like, yo, and they'll be like, they'll yes. say it back. It's like the crowd was hot. I mean, right they booed, swerve right off the bat. Yes, and which like, I like too. I do like. I do like him being a heel, but I think it's mostly like something that I think he's leaning into it. But I don't even think it's like that. He's a heel. I think it's that just like the acclaimed are over. Correct. They ain't cheering against the acclaimed. That's for sure part of it. The boos are going to be definitely elevated because they love acclaimed so much. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it shakes out after this. Like right. what. What his reaction is when it's not the acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, you know, we'll talk. I'll talk about that after, I guess. Um. So then Lee goes to Beale Caster, but he counts her into an arm drag, which is kind of neat. Um. The acclaimed go to do a scissor ton, so Swerve just runs in, then drop kicks them. And that's a great leaning into heel, right? Because the the crowd wants that gesture so much, and Swerve takes it away from and him. Kind of taking right? advantage of this. It's and like, you can kind of see Lee going like. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Lee's kind of selling the, like, I'm not fully on board with this healness fella kind of which thing. Is weird, which is weird. Which kind of did seem like that all out. Like, he seemed like they were both kind of leaning into yeah. it. So now it's kind of weird that they changed it. But yep. I got what they're doing. Um, Caster hits Lee with a suplex and the mix of tag out to Bones for Hawk. Like, he suplexes Lee, like, full on. It was pretty cool. It's just weird to see Lee being picked up and thrown at that body type. It's just strange to see him <laughs> yeah. in the air at all, basically, by any means. Mm hmm. Uh, and then, uh, so, uh, Swerve nails Bones, or Bones, I've, I've swapped the E and the N back, and with a house call, which I love the house call, it's just, it's just a simple move, but I don't, he always hits it so good, it, does it, look it looks nice. so awesome. And it looks like it would hurt. It does, and I, they get a nice snap on it too. Yep. And um, then after, it was after Bones took out Lee with that strike combo he does, which also looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee Beals Bones over the ropes and on the entrance ramp, and that looked awesome because I was funny because I, I thought it was like gonna be him. I was like, oh yeah, he's chucking him on to Swerve and Caster, and then when he went over, I remember there's a ramp there, and I was like, oh. And the and ramp like, is like oh. a, it's a like highway the, scrolling. Yeah, by, it's the long of. LED ramp. Yeah, and it's just like, what was it like? Um, looked like they were moving or whatever. When when was that? Um, was it, it was, Mox? It and wasn't this. It was somewhere later where it, it looked like Mox and Danielson. I think like they were just like laying on the. Oh, wait, no, it might have been uh, Yuta. I don't know. There was one point where, like, people were, like, laying on the ramp because I think something happened. It might have been the Yuta thing. But, like, it looked right. like they were moving because yeah. the highway's moving. But they're just, like, it was funny. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, Lee misses a middle rope moonsault to Caster, which looks... I mean, just if you're taking that ridiculous. out, it would probably kill Caster because he's yeah. just, like... 
Uh, Swerve tries to get Caster at the boom box, and he ducks and hits it hits Lee while the ref is distracted. Uh-oh. And after that, Bones hits a blockbuster Lee, and Caster goes for the mic drop, and then comes down on his knee, and he can't hit it, which right. is kind of weird. And it was an odd camera angle, because we just see him, like... Land on his feet. And then, yeah, we didn't see him a weird come thing. off. I it don't know why weird. that happened, but... Because I was like, was, oh, did kicking. he get pushed? But we no, and he just no. kind of came into um, frame and hurt So Bones just covers Lee anyways for a two count. Um, Lee has Caster an electric turn, drops him to Swerve for a set of powerbomb for two, which is kind of cool. And so if it's like a springboard for 450, like leg drop question mark thing to the outside. Yes. Um, that was kind of cool. It looked, it looked like I thought he kicked one of them right in the face. It looked, yeah, it ended up looking cool. I don't know if it's exactly what they wanted, but it still looked good. Yeah. I thought. Um, the finish comes in swerve. It was Tony Billy gone in the outside and Lee's trying to kind of like get him back off focus on the, what's going on. And then, so that's kind of distracting the ruffles as Lee's going away. So bone takes advantage, hits a swerve with like some strikes and then, uh, Swerve takes a famous serve from Billy Gunn. Yeah. And he gets him back in the ring. The moment it's the arrival that slam thingamajiggy. Yep. Uh, and then Caster falls with the mic drop and they claim to pick up the win. And the crowd is very, very happy about this yes. result. Um, I thought this was another really enjoyable match between two teams that they seem to have really good chemistry, right? And the crowd obviously added to their first match and this one because they're just super hot for this. They love the acclaimed. And like you're saying, because of that, Swerve has major heat with them right now. So, um, and then you've also got added in that little storyline that it looks like Swerve is a heel and Keith Lee is maybe not. So you kind of wonder where that's going to go. Really entertaining match. Obviously, as you do have to in AEW sometimes, you've got to ignore like the lackluster refereeing with the Billy interference, especially, right? But a really good match, not to the level of the first one, but I would call this an excellent TV tag match with a result that satisfied the crowd, obviously. You get a title change with a really hot babyface team. I'm really happy for the acclaimed. I've been watching Caster since she was very young on the indies, doing the similar type of gimmick, but definitely not as polished and as comfortable as it is now, so it's nice yeah. to see him. And what did you say? First gay champion for yeah. AEW with Bowen, so that's cool. Uh, I thought a really good match here. I'd like mm-hmm. two for two with this show so far mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, I like this a lot. Not as long as all one at all out, but I thought it was just as good. Like I don't, I'm not really sure that I, ha- I have a preference either because I thought both were really well done. Um, these teams seem to have some good chemistry together. I think this was well done. The claims were over like hell because Swerve was instantly booed when oh, he came out, like heavy they hated too. Swerve. Almost drowned out his music. Um, then the cheers for the claim were bananas. Um, Swerve only had some cool offense. Whenever Lee does flippy stuff, it's always cool. Um, that's a nice tag offense, like that powerbomb bit. Um, I'm sad there was no swerve bomb, you know, their finisher, which looks yes, awesome. Yes, it does. Um, there was no near fall with that, which I kind of wish we did. Um, also, I just realized Bowens didn't hit that DDT thing he does. No. I kind of like that. But we're starting to be like, as we were watching that match, going, man, Bowens is really good mm-hmm. in the ring now, right? Yeah. Um, some surprising spots, too, like uh, Lee chucking Bones on the ramp or the swerves 450 outside thingamajig. Yes. Um... The crowd wing in anticipation, they kind of like, you can hear them kind of build up during that finish was really great. Cause like, and then they just kind of explode when they get the win. I thought that was uh, really nice. And I th- thought this um showcased the acclaim pretty well too. Especially Bowen's got some nice time to shine, I thought. He looks good. Um, Yeah, Um, it was a smart result. You got to strike with while the iron's hot with them. So I get that. I'm happy they got it. I think they do deserve it. Um, I think it might be a similar issue with how Swerve and Lee where they're not like, as credible like they're not the top team, they're not ftr let's right? just say it or um, bucks yeah I the, guess. the ftr is going to be looming over them for a while yeah um so the trick bit, bit is i feel like you kind of have to get the belts on the ftr soon but you also can't i don't think you can put these te- teams against each other because they're both really hot right now so i like it's like it's what tough. are the fans going to choose and i think 
you kind of need to have them both like definitively like i think you give like the acclaimed a couple months and then maybe they lose the belts at full gear to like i don't know you can truck in a heel team somewhere yeah maybe give house of black a transitional run Mm -hmm. i don't know and then they drop it to ftr maybe when at winter is coming you know like ftr can get them by the end of the year yep um, I don't know. At least these guys will get like a bit of time. I think that they, they that, will. they've earned that I at think the very least. I agree. Um, so good for them. Yep. On that note, next we get an FTR interview. Um, so Cash says they all killed in the tag match and they deserve the titles. And he said they've been number one contender since April and they like to respectfully ask for their shot mm-hmm. since April. That's a long time. A very long time. Yes. Yeah. Their guns interrupt because that's what we wanted to see on the show. That's definitely what I wanted to see. They make jokes around the FTR name, like FT. It's it was stupid. Uh, and they say they're looking at a better version of FTR, and they mock FTR and walk off. Um, so this started out promising, and then the guns walked in. If I've said <laughs> it once, I'll say it again. The guns are a waste of time, and I don't like them. Um, FTR were about to come for the titles they should have had months ago, and now it seems like they'll be tied up with the guns. Briefly or not, it's a waste of their time, and it's a waste of all our time. And also the jokes were lame. I didn't like it. Yeah, I was. I thought it was fine overall, but I don't like the guns. Yeah, I was fine with this. I like the. In, I read something that AEW is downplaying their rankings lately, so they are still keeping them, but they're going to talk about them less sort of thing, because I think they've realized I don't they kind of don't, mind don't make sense at some I don't, point. I don't mind them existing there. Right. Um, I thought this was a quick way to set up a match, and I don't mind this because the guns are like mid-low card fodder, right? And that's exactly their that's role. That's kind of why I wish they weren't in that faction. And it doesn't, I'm telling you, with like that faction without MJF is not super impressive right it's kind of like you're missing the crown jewel of whatever this group is you're supposed to have but uh, as we'll see on this show they are still affiliated but um so i was fine with this it was a quick way to set up a match uh because you as you're saying we do have to delay yeah ftr acclaimed if you want to go there they did a better job of doing that like maybe you choose a better team it's uh, this was it wasn't a highlight of the show for me but i didn't have a problem with it yeah it, it was all right um, next we have Wheeler Yuta interview on the stage. Um, so Yuta's about to talk about the main event, obviously, Blackpool Comic Club, mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, but MJF's music hits and he walks out. Um, so he says Yuta seems a bit confused, and he says because Yuta has never received and never will receive a reaction like that. Because it was not a heel reaction MJF came out it's to. It's weird. At best, it was mixed, but probably more cheers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not just because Yuta is mid, um, but because MJF is a god to the fans, and they would drink his spit if they could. <laughs> Um, yeah and he says he's a generational talent and yuda says uh, what mjf said has some truth um he is a generational talent and he talks about mjf getting engaged or something which i didn't know you did yes i guess he's pretty kayfabe so i guess we probably wouldn't have known yeah and she's smart so she may have figured out what we already know that he's a spineless piece of garbage and she'll walk out on mjf like mjf walked out or mjf walked out on ew um, MJF says he came up to wish you to his Blackpool Comic Club buddies good luck, and he says Blackpool Blackpool Cuckold Club. Um, they're just fighting to lose the title to MJF, which I I would agree with. Um, be. MJF says Yuta can still ask them for advice, though he can ask Danielson how to be injury prone and turn his brain to mush, <laughs> and ask Kregel how to pop pills. Yeah, then he, <laughs> then he took a punch, and then uh, yeah, Yuta hits him, and then he just hacks him until W Morse comes in, chokes Yuta from behind, and then uh, MJF hits him with a ring. Um, what'd you think of this? Well, and he shoved Tony Schiavone. And he shoved Tony Schiavone, which, ooh, no. MJF shoved Tony to the floor. I think the point of that, though, was to be like, I am a despicable heel despite you guys cheering me, right? And I gotta gotta get the heat back. Which it did, it did. And I don't think there's a ton of people that can do that, right? He is still a heel despite being cheered. Um, And I think Yuta, once he got fired up, did a 
did a fine job. Like he's not obviously amazing on the mic, but I thought this was a solid interaction, right? MJF was great. His insults about Danielson and Regal were good. Um, it sets up a match for MJF, MJF as he's kind of waiting for his title shot, right? And he and Yuta can have a good match. Obviously, Yuta doesn't need a win. A loss isn't going to hurt him. And like I said, I think shoving Tony is just that clear indication of, despite your reaction, I am still mm-hmm. a heel, right? I don't really care about the involvement of Morrissey. It's fine. As they said, like he'll be around to support whatever, whatever. So yeah, I, I like this segment as well. What a surprise on this show. Mm-hmm. What, why is my, my tabs freezing? And I did like, um, he referred to Yuta several times as Wheelsy, which made me laugh, right? Yeah. Yeah, the first time he said wheels and then it was wheelsy. That was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a solid segment. It makes sense that they had MJF come because I'm not sure how well Yuta carries promo segments on someone, but I thought he did a fine job. I actually turned into um, pretty good. Um, kind of builds MJF's eventual showdown with either Mox or Danielson. It's Moxley. I'm just saying that to to play into it, but it's obviously Moxley. Like, I knew it would be Moxley. You already spoiled and, it once on this show. Um, Yuta are in, so they're all in Blackpool Comic Club, so it kind of makes sense. MJF got pretty aggressive at the end, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. I always got a kick out of that stuff. And the brawl bit was all right. Like, Morrissey coming in. Except he looked cool here, actually, I thought. And kind of was, like, scaring off security. And then we can at least see that the firm does come into effect when needed, like they said yeah. it would. So I like that. Yep. And it was a solid bit here. It was. Uh, it's probably the biggest segment promo of the night, right? Yeah, there wasn't a lot I would say. of them. It was um, pretty in-ring heavy this episode, mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah, uh, Jade Cargill and Batty's interview. Cargill is defending against Diamante and Rampage Grand Slam. Oh, Diamante okay. says... Her friend is the baddest, and it's Trina, whoever that is. I honestly forgot. I have forgot. never heard of this person. I, don't know it was. I literally did not well, know. One second. Uh, keep talking. I did not know if this was an independent wrestler I'm supposed to know, or a celebrity, or I had no idea. First of all, I don't didn't know that Diamante and Jade had any sort of interaction, and then we're bringing this person in as like a heavy or as some sort of. I have no idea who this person is. And that's um, probably on me for not being... No, I had no idea either. I only knew because I saw it on the Instagram post already. No idea. So um, who is this woman? Uh, so Trina, she... I don't... Like a performer of some kind? Actor? Uh, singer? I'm trying to tell. Wrestler? I, I know she does some brand partnerships. Or social her... media darling? I genuinely can't. Female tell. Logan Paul? Uh, wanna... I can only vamp for so long here I can't before tell. you have to say something. I meaningful. genuinely like. I don't, okay, well, let I me do, look I it up while you're talking. Then I'm just trying to look at her. What's her I name? Uh, Trina. All right, so carry on. I genuinely do not. I will it. tag in for this research. Okay. Uh, um, Professionally, I, uh, an American rapper rose to prominence in 1998 with an appearance on the Trick Daddy single, something something, blah blah blah. The most consistent female rapper of all time who I've never, ever heard of, but okay. How did he be the most consistent rapper? I don't know. Anyways, let's carry on. This is the, literally the worst part of this show, and we've already spent isn't, far too much on her, it. Isn't her competition part. be like... Um, I don't know. Oh my god, what's her name again? Missy Elliott? Nick, Nicki, Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj. Why could I not remember the name for a second? I don't know. Uh, let's so get out of anyways. this segment, please. I, literally, all I wrote was, I don't know what this was. Eh. I don't either. Like, it's... Like, like I said, I, as a person just watching Dynamite, although I do tend to follow stuff, I, this can't possibly land with me when I have no idea. I literally don't remember the last thing Diamante did right. since that women's tag tournament that went And nowhere. then, oh, I'm bringing in this per Okay, sure. Anyways, and I'm this, pretty sure she turned on Diamante, so... This was a miss. 
she's like a baddie now. Cool. Um, not I don't think it's like a permanent thing, but I think it's more like a Mike. Celebrity remember baddie. Mike Tyson was yeah. on Rary Inner Circle? Correct. Oh my god. That was weird. And DX, wasn't he? Uh I think I know oh, he think wore so. the shirt and crotch chopped. I know that. Yeah, yeah, he did. But anyway. And his kid, I think. Could be. Uh next we get Pack versus Orange Cassidy for the AW All Atlantic Championship. Yeah, and right away I think we get a little like to show Cassidy's in a different frame of mind, right? He whips his glasses at, and that's not... Because usually he starts out with, like, lazy orange Cassidy, but this was right away he's fired up and throwing his glasses in Pac's face. He no likey Pac. So I think that was sort of symbolic of... Mm -hmm. Because they have history, these two, right? They had one match already. Yeah, um, when was that? Uh, Revolution 2020, the first revolution. If you say so. The initial revolution. And that they... Commentary actually talked about it, and they used that as... That was the match where people realized that um, that was Cassidy's first match. That Cassidy was not just like a cartoon character. Yeah, that he's actually really yeah, good. That at was the his ring. first match, and then he kind of rose to popularity with the Jericho feud, and then right. kind of cooled off. Now he he is what he is. Yep. Um. So Cassidy is the kicks of doom. Then there's a drop kick. Then Pack comes back up with a running shotgun drop kick. Um. Later on, Pack sends Cassidy in the post, which looked pretty cool. It did. Cassidy sells that really well. Mm-hmm. Him and I think Darby Allen are couple of my faves mm-hmm. with Mustafa that. Mustafa used to do it really Yes, good. him too. Because he goes at it so fast. And he like kind of swings around. Yes. Um, then there's a spaceman poncho, like the flippy doodad to the outside, but Pac didn't get all of it. He did not, but they did point out his hip contacted, I think, Cassidy's shoulder, right? And that's what kind of took him out. So it ended up looking okay. Yeah. Um, diving shotgun dropkick by Pac for two. I almost wrote Shogun dropkick. Shogun! Like, you know, like... Yeah, I know. You, you get it. I do get it. Yeah. Where did I see the... Oh, that was the Impact pre-show. One of the guys' names was the Shogun. I did watch... I tried to watch that match. It was pretty boring. Oh, yeah. Apparently, I was speaking of I Juice, mean, not boring. It was just jobbers versus not jobbers. Speaking of Juice Robinson, he's facing Mox next week. Eliminator, baby. Interesting. Yeah. You could, they could have a good match. Didn't they already face off? No. It was uh, Hangman and Finley. Yes, that's right. I, I don't know Juice why. is okay. He, yeah, he could have a good match. They... Didn't he beat Mox? No, Mox beat him for the U.S. title. That was when Mox first went to Japan. Is it? Yeah. I don't remember. That was, it was a while ago. That was my ago. post. It was like 2019 Japan or something, viewing. I want to say. Right. When it, I was, was, it was a while ago now. That's so weird. Anyways, uh, Pac goes for a black arrow, but Cassie like, sticks up his feet slowly, and Pac's just like standing on the top. Yeah, that was, that was, really that was an entertaining little spot. Yes. Um, Pac drops down, and Cassie rolls him up for two. Diving DDT by Cassie, which Pack sold the crap like out of. Looks it breaks his back. He like looked like he died on that. It was like And then amazing. just as I'm writing that he took that one. And then he, Cassie hits a tilt roll DDT, which Pack also took like amazingly yes. for a two count. I think that's like the best sell I've ever seen. Like, he, that's just, like, I was just telling you, everything this guy does, every little aspect of wrestling that I complain like the novice NXT people don't do, like all the stuff in between the moves and the selling and the whatever, Pack's the the real deal. Like mm-hmm. I said to you in the moment, right? If he were four inches taller, yeah. he would be a super giant megastar. He might be the best at selling DDTs. I don't know. No, they, those two back-to-back were incredible. Him that and was, RVD, man. I think that's better. I don't that know. Was, that was insane. Uh, Cassie counters the brutalizer in a pin for two and then nails an orange punch. But Pack gets a rope break on the pin. Um, the finish comes when Pack's leaning over the timekeeper's table and uh when cassie comes to grab him he like sneaks his shots to the head with a ring bell hammer and then rolls cassie in the ring and pins him yeah which he, was interesting yeah he heel tactics from a baby face question mark i think but i think again that's like a compliment to cassidy right that pack at the end of the day or i think what i also wrote later was i feel like it's like 
he could be like fed up with all the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And also, I thought it was because like they keep reiterating how he just does not respect Cassie in any right. way. So I feel like maybe he wouldn't have done this if he was facing like someone else. But like he does not respect Cassie at all. Like he views him as a joke right beneath him. So he just was like, ah, screw it, I'll cheat. And you at know the end I mean? of the day, he's a bastard. Exactly. Right. So. I noticed like at the beginning of this, the crowd energy was down a little bit following those first two matches that they were really into. But as this match built, and I think it did, uh, the crowd did get into it again by the end. The finish kind of came out of nowhere and I'm left a little bit wondering what it means. Like, are we getting a rematch with Cassidy or is Pac moving on? Um, I think he should soon because Ethan Page is on the horizon. I'm hoping that's what we get when we go. Um, So a very good TV match that was just getting great kind of when it was cut short by that sudden cheat to win i for me still really enjoyed this but i would have loved like five more minutes but i get that this show is stacked with really good matches right it needed to keep moving pack is amazing always love him one of my top couple favorites in the world and orange cassidy like i'm not all in on his gimmick and character like a lot of people are but the man never disappoints me in the ring so i thought this was a very good match again yep I thought it was a little slower in the early going but still some Agreed. solid stuff it was just kind of waiting for it to pick up which i think it eventually did um, I thought once Cassie got some more offense after a lot of pack and control is really good, especially because of how pack sold those DDTs, which was incredible. Um, I think he's maybe the best at doing that. It just it looks incredible, and he's done that before. I think it was when they won the trios titles because that's when these two would have yep. crossed paths as well. Paths was that? Paths. That was a couple weeks ago only. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish felt a little bit anticlimactic, but I think it kind of works. Like I said, because I feel like it could play into their kind of dynamic mm-hmm. with like he just doesn't respect Cassie. Um, and, um, I thought it, the matches have all been delivering so far. This was pretty good. That everything so far. We roll right into another match, which is the four away for the AEW Interim Women's World Championship. That is a mouthful for one belt. Uh, as long as also the Undisputed Universal Championship. That's like a, mm-hmm. a lot of words. It is. Um, Tony Storm defends against Britt Baker, Athena, and Serena Deeb. So the only note I would like to read before you get started okay. is... Athena's entrance mask is awful. It's it's like what she had in NXT, if you remember. And like I told you, she needs to figure out what's going on with her character and her gimmick. She needs to like... The Fallen Goddess is a fine nickname, but like I don't get what the gimmick is. Sometimes you need to edit, right? Like everything you want to do, like I want to have wings, I want to have a mask, I want to have face paint, I want to have... How does it play into... Contact lenses, I want... Like just figure out... And maybe it's not all her fault because she's not given time to explain. She's also, in my opinion, not good at explaining anything. So it's just like there's so much of her stuff, but I have no idea overall what it means, right? So it yeah. bugs me. Anyway, sorry. Carry mm-hmm. on. Um, so some notables. Uh, Storm, Nathia, and Tika Baker, and D-Breath about to go at it with some holds and counters after just kind of the two of them. Um, there's a multiple hold thing by Deeb on Storm Athena. She ends with a suplex to Athena while she has Storm's legs tied up. Looked cool. Um, Deeb so- is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Tower of Doom with um, Athena on the bottom. Yep. Uh, we come back from commercial break with Storm and Deeb both holding a half crab. So Storm's got Baker in one, then Deeb's got Athena in one, and they're kind of hitting each other while they're ho- applying the holds, and then they kind of break them off, and um, it kind of breaks down to a strike exchange between Deeb and Storm. Uh, Deeb is a neck breaker over the middle rope to Baker. Um, Athena does a power spot holding Deeb and Baker at the same time, then slams them. I'm super surprised yeah, by that. That was really cool. And, and, and she lands on Baker. Yeah, so she lands on Baker's face and breaks it, and Baker is a bloody mess by the Once end. Again. She looks amazing again, bloody. It's the same. It's the same. She's visual. like this beautiful woman with this like flashy, like bejeweled outfit, yeah, it's right? Yeah, like this glittery gear. And then like blood pouring out of her yeah. face. She looked amazing, but unfortunate because I'm 
a nose or something's broken. I haven't yeah. read yet, but she something happened. Athena goes for something. Storm tries to backdrop her out, but she rebounds with the ropes to hit that like shoulder lift into the code breaker move. Looked that awesome. Was pretty cool for two. Yeah. And um, Baker gets thrown a crucifix pin for two, and then um, Storm counters back into a pin of her own and picks up the win. Um, after the match, Baker attacks Storm as she was celebrating. Baker's now busted open from that. It's sure like, is. It's the same visual we got like yeah. all the way back. Like that's on the t-shirts and like so kind of a throwback there. Um, Hater runs out and attacks Storm. Storm and Baker they seemingly reunite and they gang up, gang up on Storm and Athena. Um, and Deep joins in. Uh, so there's a stomp to Athena. They're about to apply the lockjaw. Um, but some music hits and it walks to Soraya. Soraya. Um, FKA Page from WWE. Correct. Um, I think her contract expired like around in July. And I'm pretty sure she's cleared to wrestle. I remember I reading so. that a I while think that ago. That was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the heels run off as she comes in the ring. Um, I thought it was another good match. I feel like it could have had some more time, as is the case with a lot of women's matches, but I think with what they got, I think they did a really good job and they packed in some cool bits. I think Athena actually comes out of this looking pretty good. Um, she was the bottom of the Tower Doom spot. She had the double same spot that caught me off guard. Also busted Baker. I hope it's not a huge injury again, but, um, it was still, it looked cool in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate, but looked Uh, cool. Yeah. And she hit that cool Coburger move or a code esque move to Storm off of the rope rebound, which is pretty cool. I think Deeb also got a really nice showing in here. The exchange with Storm was good. The double hold spot was cool. I think Storm and Baker got um, some cool spots too. Um, like I said, I wish it was longer, but I think they made good use of the time that they had. Um, I thought the post-match was uh, had some interesting bits. Um, like the attack was standard, but I think Hater realigning with Baker's interesting because I feel like um, either, like given what happened at all, because that's still a thing, and also, in addition, the breadcrumbing they did a while back, right. if we um, remember that, and how hot Hater is with the fans right now. I feel like this is either ruse or a temporary thing. I think either... either um, I'm agreeing 100%. Hater is faking Baker out to get closer, kind of like, so she can catch off guard, which I think is totally a possible thing. Or things are actually smoothed over, and it's just going to take like one more thing right. to set everything off. Right? That so last straw. It's, it's one of those, exactly, yes. Yep. And then we also had the, de- the debut of Soraya, which when I saw this on Instagram, I was surprised because I, I hadn't heard a- anything about this before. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, uh, last I thing heard I heard anything. was she's cleared, and then nothing after yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would have expected her to go back to WWE. Same. Um, as for how I feel about that, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't say I'm super excited about it, but I think it's a solid addition. Like, and so if she's clear, which I guess she is, I'm interested to see her because she was pretty good in WWE for their standards, right? Like, yes, I think she was pretty solid on the Back ring. Back in the day, gener- for sure. I generally liked her um, before she was taken out of commission for a while. So hopefully, there's not a lot of ring rust there. Um, none of the matches tonight have been bad. I like this one was actually really good. I like this better than the Atlantic title, but um, it was really good. Oh, I'm just clicking on something that's saying Soraya, Soraya, Soraya is not cleared to wrestle. Interesting. According to Dave Meltzer, she is not cleared to do so, but would like to be. So maybe anticipating she will be. Uh, huh. Interesting. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really good match too. A lot the, of good stuff in there. The finish came out of nowhere and maybe could have been more satisfying, but it makes sense, right? The champion in a four-way match is looking for You got to take up- whatever opportunity exactly. you can get, yeah. Uh, I thought these four looked great, and I, I think I agree with you that Athena was the standout here, right? Um, in a couple different spots, which is great because she's good in the ring. She just needs to figure out everything else. Um, really good pace to this, right? No real major mistakes other than a face breaking, but it still looked good in the midst of the match. Um, I mean, if I'm going to nitpick, because I did like this match, Tony Storm hasn't been the standout, I don't think, in any of these matches, right? I think she's been, like, solid in there, but, like... And you can work that into a story if you want to, right? People can use that against her, like, you're just kind of hanging on in these four-person matches because other people are doing damage, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was a really good match. Um, 
the Soraya stuff, like, I've never been a huge fan of her, but and I can't say that I've really missed her, but she is talented, and she did get a very good reaction, right? So that also just kind of added to this whole thing. You had a really good match. You had a surprise debut that people reacted to. So another, this show, right? Another really good mm-hmm. thing on this show. Yeah. Uh, next, we get a Darby Allen vignette. Um, so he's walking across the street, dragging a body bag, and he's in the subway, sitting with the body bag. And he's dragging across the street, and then he goes into a taxi. And he says he's heading a, to a funeral, and then he says Arthur Ashe. And not just a body bag, but a body bag with clearly a body in it, right? Like, so is it Sting, I guess? So he, whatever it is, it's just that image is funny, right? That I laughed at this quite a bit. Yeah. And well, then I guess, like, is he going to a funeral? He's, like, bringing a body? Like, I don't... I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so this is back to the Darby Vignettes of old here, and I loved it. It Me was too. kind of amusing. Uh, the music track I thought they chose was really cool, and I think it fit really well as well. Um, the visual of Darby dragging a body bag around the streets with a, presumably someone in it, or maybe something in it. I, I think it's just, I don't even know if it'll it lead funny. to anything specific. It's just like more vignettes. It's that, a nice little build to that. Cause, and, and it's I just like, more of like Darby Allen does weird things in his own time. Maybe it's the body bag. Maybe it's got great Muda in it. Like last week, he's jumping uh doing three flips with tricycles now he's dragging dead body like this is just darby allen great does Muda weird was stuff rampage in this match so maybe it's got great muda in it so i thought this was pretty good yeah. dark humor i like right? the bit he said to uh the taxi driver was cool it was just like cool as like funeral at arthur ash and i yep. don't know it was cool and it reminds me a lot of cool darby back in the exactly. good old days pre-sting like dark cool vignettes that were his own style and he barely said anything right this is like a throwback to what got us really into darby allen i feel like so i really like this as well what a surprise i really liked something on this show really a a nice throwback here for sure i liked it Uh, next we get our main event jonathan moxley versus brian danielson the grand slam tournament champions final for the aw world championship Talk about their gear for a second. I love Danielson's gear. I like Danielson's gear is very nice. It's like a nice like red and black with a white Looks outline cool. on some parts. I think some of the back of the gear has like some blood uh, splatter on mm-hmm. it, which I think looks really nice. It's a really nice gear. It's a really nice. And I like, I like Mox's gear layout nowadays. It's got like that like paint sash or whatever like yep. on his uh, left leg. And like the one time it was like yellow with Undisputed on it, which I thought looked really cool. This time it was like red with like Mox on it. They had like barbed wire strands on leg. his right leg yeah um so i thought that was, i really like Mox's gear it's like simple but it looks really cool to yeah, me yeah they looked good for this i like it kind of um, added to that big fight feel right yeah it looks really nice um so we get some holding encounters early on which i don't type a lot but kind of fell into there's a lot here there was. chops and kicks uh in the corner by danielson they send Mox off the corner for running drop kick more corner strikes by danielson he was just relentlessly peppering Mox. like just that's the word i use a lot relentless with this dude oh yeah he just kept kicking him and Mox's poor chest. Yes. I'm surprised it didn't, like, the blood's not coming up, you know? It got red, but it didn't break open. No, I'm surprised. Uh, have we ever seen Danielson versus Harwood? That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be fun. Mm. Um, Danielson seats Mox on the top rope, gets um, shoved off, and so then he drop kicks Mox off the ropes and then falls with a running knee to the, um, from the apron on the outside. Um, Danielson is wrenching Mox's arm over his shoulder, so Mo- and then Mox um, kind of... Or Mox is on the apron, so Mox kind of grabs him in a sleeper choke and then pulls him over to the apron. Danielson counters around, hits a German suplex on the apron, which is pretty cool. Um, there's a front chantry suplex by Danielson, and he goes for a diving shotgun dropkick. But Mox catches it, puts him in a half crab, but transitions into an ankle lock. And so Danielson's kind of getting up from that ankle lock, and he's kind of on his, uh, on his one foot. 
Um, so with the leg capture mocks, it's like a half and half suplex, which Looked is cool. cool. Yeah, and I they like know that. like what the leg capture there kind of puts a weird torque on the leg when right. you're kind of getting tossed like that. So that was kind of cool. That was probably Regal's detail, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like I guess like it would target the neck too, because yes, which is Danison. his Achilles. Yep. Um, Mox and Danson are on top of the turnbuckles. Mox back rakes and headbutts Danson. He goes for a superflex, but Danson slips out, crotches Mox, and then gets back up to hit an avalanche back suplex to Moxley. Looked great. Um, then off of that, Danson did like a stackman for two, and then Mox off the kick out transitioned into the little bell lock, which he he briefly holds, but Danson did a transition out of pretty course. soon because it's his own hold. Yep. Lays out some body blows to Mox, just like mounting him and just like the uh, punches to the ribs. Um, they end up in a position with their both their legs entangled, and then they're like kind of like head standing and slapping each other, which yes. is a really interesting spot. Crazy. I feel like we've seen this once once before, and I think it was also Danson. Um, then it moves to Danson getting Mox and cattle mutilation until Mox gets out. Danson catches him with the hammer and anvil elbows for a bit. Um, Danson hits a roundhouse to Mox, but tweaked his ankle a bit and allows Mox to hit a lariat. Mox goes for the lariat again, but um, Danson docks it, hits the psycho knee for a near fall. Um, later on, Mox hits a curb stomp, homage to Seth Rollins, and a paradigm shift for near fall, so that was a nice little string of finishers. It was. Um, wrist capture stomps by Danielson. Mox ankle picks him, then, so he's kind of like laying down with holding both of Danielson's feet, and he's just like kicking him in the face, like just flat boot, kicking him in the face. And then Danielson kind of kicks back too and gets to his feet and then stomps Mox even more. Um, so Mox is kind of on the entrance ramp, just catching his breath or whatever. And so Danielson hits a diving knee to the outside, um, going for the arm. And then he looks to follow up as Mox kind of like went down the ramp a bit more. But um, uh, Mox hits a paradigm shift on the entrance ramp and uh, rolls Danielson in for a near fall. That was really cool. Yes. Um, kind of slid down the ramp. He did. Mox did. After like uh, Danielson did last year when Omega hit the Snapdragon. And it to... just makes it look like he's so exhausted he can't even fight. Like he's just sliding down because yeah. he doesn't have any energy left. Sliding right? down the road. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, and the finish comes a Mox locks in a sleeper and Danielson tries to do the thing where like you kind of like push your feet off the corner and flip out. But then Mox kind of flips over and he hangs on so he locks in the sleeper. He's kind of like now on top of Danielson and he's able to submit him for the win, um, which was pretty cool. It was cool. Uh, Jesus, I wrote a lot. I love this match. Uh, and something else that was, before I get into the match, was, so MGF, MJF is up in, like, oh, yeah, the he's top just sitting with a giant poker the, chip. And honestly, like, they kept doing, like, two-second cutaways, and he's performing in every one of them, right? And he's not detracting from the match or overshadowing it, but, like, so that added to it, too, and just these couple seconds at a time, and he's always doing something, right, that's in character yeah. for him, which is amazing. But I don't know, man. I'm going to gush about Danielson for a minute. He's just, like, no matter what position you in, end up in or where you are in the ring, out of the ring, he's coming forward straight to you, right, with something impactful and or painful. And I love it, right? He's just relentlessly coming at you, and he knows so many ways. It doesn't matter where you are or what position you're in. He's hitting you with something, straightforward or complicated, whatever. And then I talked about it. I'm I'm coining the phrase, I think, Mox is micro-selling, right? So he's not quite no-selling because I don't love that sometimes. Right. But he's like, yes, that chop stings, but I'm really tough. And that's what you get from Mox. Like, yes. So again, he's putting over the other person and himself in these tiny little moments. Like I said to you, I love Ishii, but sometimes his no-selling, especially after taking like 15 minutes of punishment, I don't love. But I, like what I would say is Mox is like tiny little micro cells, a really a detail I like a lot. Um, there's some amazing near falls here. 
it, and it was just the story of right the relentless Danielson and the defiant Moxley. Um, brilliant story told here. I noticed a detail again. This is wrestling nerd levels, but whatever. Hopefully, some of you appreciate it. Like only when Danielson created too much space, right? When he went up top to hit something to Mox on the mat, that's when Mox was able to gain control, right? Mm -hmm. Is when and yeah. if Daniel just hadn't created that space, maybe it never it. happens, yeah. right? And Mox's story is that he's not refined like Danielson. He's more of a brawler, but he's tough as nails, and he's going to hit you as hard as he can when he gets the chance, yeah. right? And Danielson gave him a chance, and that's when he kind of took over. So I love the combination of these guys. I thought this was fantastic match and a, a crazy end to like uh, an amazing show. I, I love this. Uh, you yeah. can tell I love this match. Yeah, mm -hmm. You? Yeah, it was fantastic. Like the first match way back at Revolution this year, I think... Um, a night of stellar matches. I don't think this disappointed. Um, it's exactly what I would have expected from these two, and they put on a great one. Um, a lot of technical stuff and a lot of just hitting each other. Um, Danielson dominated a lot of the early going, which was surprising to me. Like he was just like he was striking him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was in control a lot of the early going, which kind of um, which kind of surprised me. Um, and I was kind of just like, how much longer can he just go like hitting the crap out of him? But um, did even out more as we went, and I like Danielson once again making his point to work that arm again for the LaBelle lock. He also didn't just be kind of targeting Mox wherever he could. He, a lot of headshots, a lot of body shots, um, and then a lot on the arm as well. On that note, like Mox exploiting Danielson's bad leg again from last week, which feels like exactly what like Bad Cool Combat Club is all about. And then when Danielson also hit that roundhouse, his foot kind of gave out, which I thought was funny because it was, whether it was intentional or not, it seemed like kind of a nod to the punk match. Yeah, the first one. Could be. Um, some of the near falls towards the end were really good too. The, the curb stomp was cool. Um, the paradigm shift on the ramp was awesome. Um, the bit where they were headstanding and slapping each other was unique. That was really cool. Um, I love the dance and submissions as well. Moving the triangle and the label lock was pretty cool. Um, the and cattle mutilations always really nice. Um, I like the finish too. Like Moxley hanging out the sleeper and dancing and passing Me out, and not tapping. I think that Classic. works for both of them. Mox yep. had to use the choke. Right, dancing and tap, and. Moxley won. Everyone's been saying for the past week or so, Danson's gonna win. Here we go. Punk leaves. Danson's gonna win because that happened. Ring of Honor it happened in WWE, and there it was gonna happen again. But no, it was Moxley. I said it was gonna be Moxley. And I called Mox from the beginning. Um, my boy did it again. Um, I'm very happy for Mox. Um, I think he should have had the title the whole time, but Punk be Punk. So Punk um, be Punk. Regardless, he has the title again, so that's all that matters. Um, I think uh, everyone knew it would come down to these two. Yes, but. Everyone picked Danielson and um, suck it. I was right. It, I it's was... not the outcome I would have preferred, mm. but I'm totally fine with oh, it. Oh, I prefer Mock because I know Danielson deserves a better run than dropping it to MJF because it's going to MJF anyway. Anyways, yes. um, and kind of another suck it to Punk. That's great. It just <laughs> right. goes back to Moxley. So eat, nice. Eat my butt. And um, Hangman won the battle royal. So Mox versus Hangman, which is awesome for me too. My favorite guys. It's just another suck it to Punk, and I love it. Um, I know Moxley will probably drop to MJF, but got to enjoy it while it lasts. It's still great. Um, Mox is dependable as ever. Like, uh, it's, he is. It's next I'm choice. a fan. I'm officially a fan. Um, great main event. Congrats to Mox. He totally deserves it, and this was awesome. Um, all right. Overall, top to bottom, man. This uh, is one of my favorite episodes of Dynamite ever, probably. It is super in-ring heavy, right? Um, the vast majority of this show was wrestling, and all of it was good. There was nothing that I wouldn't say was at least a very good TV match. We even talked briefly and said like, quote unquote, what was the worst match on this show? It'd be between probably Cassidy Punk and the women's match. And I really liked both of them, right? So the worst match on this show would be better than the best match I see on 
many episodes of NXT 2.0 over the past year to use like an outdated obscure phrase. It was, I think, the title of an album. This show was all killer, no filler, right? There was maybe 60 seconds of this show I didn't like, and that was the Cargill segment, just because I had no idea what was going on. Or and that who, was like less than a minute. Or, right. So this, for me, has to be an A-plus show, because if this isn't an A-plus show, what more do I want, right? Like, what did I get? Four or five matches that five, I think. all were really good to amazing? So Were all of them for a title? I think so, right? Yeah. I was thoroughly entertained for f- two straight hours. And honestly, this is one of those, like, if you didn't watch this show, I'm basically like, go check this show out top to bottom, right? There's nothing really you need to skip. Um, amazing show, A+, which I'm super happy to say. Mm-hmm. It's what I'm hoping for when they come to Canada. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. We'll see. Um, overall, I'd say the show is fantastic. Definitely earned the grand part of the, the name. Yep. I don't think a single match on the show match. Jericho Claudio was pretty great opener, especially by Jericho Sanders. I think he did a lot better here. Um, and pulled out a shock result, which is always interesting because I genuinely did not expect that at all. Me either. Um, the tag title match was great as well. Worthy successors of the first and a hot result. Um, Pack versus Cassie was pretty good too. They have a nice dynamic. Probably like the lowest ranking one on the show for me, but still a really good one. Like yep. it's not to knock it or anything. Um, the women, women's match was very good. I thought it did a great job for the time they got. And the aftermath was interesting enough. And the main event was fantastic with the result that made sense and that I picked. And everyone Did you mention that? Did pick. you pick that? I picked it. Oh, yeah, you did? Oh, I wish we did vows for this because I would totally rub that in your face. You, you, you are um, already. Segments were mostly on point as well. Solid Mox Nielsen package. Fine FTR segment. The longest segment, you did MJF, was pretty good. Um, cargo thing, not good, but lasted less than a minute, so it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And the Darby video was great because it felt like the videos of old. Um, with so many big matches, there are a little less segments here, but it's a great show top to bottom because the matches are making up most of the show. Yes. And they were all really good. Like, that's five great matches on one TV show. So I think that's like, what more are you asking for? And I think this is one of the best AEW shows, period, let alone a Dynamite Agreed. show. I think this would beat out some of the lesser pay per views. Ooh, that's, um, yeah, it's close. Just maybe. like, I, I don't know. It's definitely up there. Um, all the matches delivered. Uh, the worst match was still really good. Uh, the only segment I didn't like was Minuscule. Definitely felt like a special show and definitely a big one. Yes. Um, like the, like it should have been. I think this one earned an A plus for sure. Um, like it's one of their best. It's I guess that would make it their best show, like the best Dynamite at least. Um, great stuff here. I'd recommend checking out the matches from the show if you haven't. Um, Danielson Omega last year was great, but I think this year's Grand Slam definitely improved over last year's edition. Yeah, me too. Top to bottom, a lot amazing of great stuff. So much. I would recommend checking out like all the matches. Me too. All right, that wraps up our very detailed and enthusiastic this week Dynamite review. We'll take a break with a little bit of trivia here in a segment we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, I just grabbed some questions from various places. I think there's about 15, but some of them include more than one question, so there might be closer to 20. Doesn't matter. but And some might be, I always say, repetitive but I don't remember asking them. Sometimes you don't remember answering them, and it still shows off your vast knowledge of this topic. So let's go. Who, this one I don't think you'll know, who brought an end to Bruno Sammartino's title reign? His giant title reign of however many years. Koloff. You do know that. Yeah. Sorry, I, th- I was like, why would you know that? But I say that a lot, so why would you know that? You just know that. Books and stuff. Trivia, trivial knowledge. The youngest superstar to win the WWE Championship. WWE specifically. Correct. Youngest to win world heavyweight title. Horton. Correct. Shortest ever title reign. I know we've done this before, but whatever. Yokozuna? No. And I remember you didn't get it last time. Yes. Like just any title? Yes. 
WWE title. Oh, WWE title. Or I guess it wouldn't have been back then. It would have been WWF because it's in 88. Oh, Andre? Correct. Why? Explain that. Because he tried to sell it. What do you mean? To DiBiase. Correct. Which ref wrestler suffered a concussion, a dislocated jaw, a dislocated shoulder, and a bruised kidney, but still finished the match? Very famous. I don't know. Think about the biggest fall ever, probably. Really? Mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell? Oh, okay. Foley going through yeah. the cage? Gotcha. Yes. Those are all injuries he suffered in that match and still finished. Six superstars who've won the WWE World Heavyweight Intercontinental United States and Tag Team. At least six as of when this was published. You might tell which, me there's more. Which world title? It just says World Heavyweight. Like the big gold They're belt? probably counting both. Just start rhyming off names and I'll tell you if you're right. I don't know the details because they didn't give them. No. What Reigns counts. Okay, fine. Then it's probably not up to date. All the Shield. Don't get bad at me. All the Shield. Orton, nope. Jeff Hardy. Nope. Jericho. Nope. Those all work. For a World Heavyweight Intercontinental United States and Tag. Okay. Well, they're not on this list. Miz. Yes. That counts too. He's there. Who else? None of those first ones you named. Not saying you're wrong. Maybe this article's old. I am right. I'm sure you are. Who else? Um, hold on. Let me think. One we just talked about. Kingston? No. Not according to this. That's dumb. Edge? Yes. Michaels? Nope. Nope. Um, I say Jeff Hardy. Think more of the SmackDown era. He's not on there. Angle? Yes. Um, Benoit? No. Guerrero? Correct. Someone we just watched in AEW. Jericho. No. Just talked about. Daniel Ryan. Correct. And The Big Show. That's who they're saying. Anyways. I got a lot more. This one's interesting. The WWE Championships changed hands a record 11 times in which year? 99. Why? Why do you know that? I just assumed Attitude Era. Because you just were thinking a whole bunch of changes? Because that's hot potato time. It was. That's very smart. That is very true. Who faced off in the... Very first Inferno match. And what year did it take place? Kane and Undertaker. Yes. Is it Unforgiven 98? Correct. Very good. Uh, Teams involved, event name, and year for first ever dumpster match. So three questions Um, in one. Okay, so it was New Age Outlaws and then uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. Yes. And then it was Mania 14. Yes. And then 98. Wow. You're good. Yeah. You are good. What... Uh, WWE did a death storyline for a character in a feud with Undertaker. So, a few questions. Who died? How did he die? At what event did he die? And what was the aftermath, like, reaction storyline-wise? Was it Bearer? No, it wasn't Bearer dying. It wasn't Concrete Or maybe there was, that wasn't the only death storyline then. Okay, I was thinking Concrete Crypt. Um, not like It was whole... a very controversial segment. The death. Not the Vince thing, right? No. A character from the 80s was back later with a different look and stuff and got murdered by Undertaker. You know it. I know man? Yes. Oh, when he got hung? Yes. And when was that? Mania 15 and Hell in a Cell match. Correct. And do you know what happened after? No. So basically what I was looking... It's hard to get to, too. Um, 
the storyline didn't go over well with fans. So basically three weeks later, Boss Man was back without any explanation uh. to take on Kane. It was just like, no, he's not really dead. But no, because people were like, they went too far. You know what I mean? You, you hang, you're hanging a man on live television. Like, this is crazy. On pay-per-view. So they kind of backpedaled. Sorry, yeah, on pay-per-view. Uh, what are the three times that Mike Tyson made WWE appearances? Mania 14. Correct. Sometime in 2010. Where doing in what capacity? You're right. I uh, guess G- GM. Keep trying to pull details to get catch you, but you know them. And then the final one's kind of cheating a little bit because it's Hall on like fame, I don't know. Correct. Yes. Oh. Hall of Fame induction. I was like, that's kind of cheap to try and think of that as an appearance, but that is it. 1999. This wrestler allegedly made a genuine pitch to Vince McMahon to get breast breast implants for the sum of one million dollars. Thinking it might save his career. Goldust. Mm, correct. McMahon's is said to have even considered the idea before ultimately turning it down. It was Goldust. Goldust. What WWE performer was actually a licensed mortician and funeral director in real life? Story checks out. We'll say Reverend Devon. No. Midian. No. Undertaker. Close. Kane. Gangrel. Th- don't think wrestler necessarily. Paul Bear. Yeah, it's basically his his gimmick was he's shoot a mortician. In 2000, which this WWE store star rushed into a house fire and rescued three children, but was burned across 40% of his body. Sabu? No. Nice. <laughs> Just because of all the scars? Yeah. Nice. Uh... So a star from the like nine, oh, star is a bit strong word. Never had a, like the, a major title, I don't think. Big boy, athletic. Many tattoos, maybe on his head. Uh, Bigelow? Yes, I, I'd forgotten that story. I had no idea. Last one, which is probably the easiest one, which is not my plan on these usually. Who was the first WWE star or WWF at that time to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Um, Take a wild guess. And if, I'll give you a hint of a year if you're wrong enough times. Wait, what? Um, what? Who was the first star to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated? First wrestler. I don't know. Cena? If it's in, Austin, ni- if it's in 1985. Okay. Correct. Who, would it be? Who else would it be? Very Mr. good. Mr. T. All right. So that wraps up our trivia. Uh, we're now going to move into just talking about whatever else we happen to see this week in wrestling in a segment <laughs> we love to call High Spots and Rest Holds. Okay. All right, so I'm going to start out with I watched all of NXT, all of Impact Wrestling, and a couple matches, as I said, of Victory Road. And I think you picked up some nuggets from main roster this week. Is that where you As you're... I typically do. Which I appreciate because I don't. So. Because who would want to? Right. So starting out in NXT, we had the. I, to- I told you about it and how little sense I thought it made. The stripping the of Solo Sokoa. Oh. Of the yeah, North American title. That. What would that be? Rest hold? That is a rest hold, yes. Yeah. Because basically yeah, weird. the show opened with Shawn Michaels saying that um, he's taken the title from Sokoa. Sokoa wasn't supposed to be in the match, etc., etc. Bottom line, it's almost like basically they're saying the match didn't happen. But Carmelo but why Hayes... Why give him his title back? So why watch him have the match, right? Why let him win and celebrate and take the title and go defend it, right? Against Moss, didn't he? Yeah, on main oh, yeah. roster La- last week, yeah. and then come back and go. We're stripping you of the title. So 
if they had done he it took it to the press conference if too. he had done it right away or come out after the match and said this doesn't count then maybe it makes sense sure but... it'd be like bad television but like and then you're also going this match should never have happened but we're not giving it back to the guy that lost because that, right like how does hayes not get it know. back but then i thought maybe a glimpse of hope is are we getting a authority figure right because that's the capacity it felt like because the whole remember how frustrating it was with people making their own matches? oh yeah it's weird every show all show I hate it. so that was a rest hold for me uh, then right after that was a high spot, which was the opening match. It was the second match in the series for Axiom and Nathan Fraser. So it was a 13 right. minute. I mean, the wins really, the the outcome was predictable because you know they're going to want this to be tied up. And Fraser did win uh, to tie the series. Lots of cool stuff in here. There was one where Axiom went for his like flying kick to the head and Fraser countered with a really nice super kick. And then I had already told you the finishing sequence was really cool. Fraser hit a really nice superplex never let go rolled through in directly into now is curtain call the right name or was it the final cut uh final cut it's the suplex lift Cur- into a twisting Cur- net curtain call was like an inverted, inverted lift right so and then followed by like a perfect phoenix splash to pick up the win so really fun fast-paced match for an opener um i guess another high spot at least is damon kemp seems to be getting better he cut a pretty lengthy heel promo here um and I guess just because he was doing absolutely nothing as a baby face, right? Like he wasn't believable at all. So oh, this yeah. is a welcome change. And he's at least like a bit of character, I guess. Yeah, he sounded decent cutting a promo on Diamond Mine here, right? Because he's the guy that's been making it look like it's strong. That's the problem, but it's really him sort of thing. Um, strong still injured, yeah. I think so. He hasn't been around at least. Another rest hold was Toxic Attraction maybe on their way out the door uh, against Ivy Nile and tatum paxley right is it, i have paxton but that is not right i thought that match was a bit rough i thought nile showed a few flashes but paxton looked particularly weak paxton? here pack sorry paxley it's paxton every time um but then again we randomly saw a level up match and i thought they looked actually a lot better there so i don't know why we we just turned the tv on i guess i don't know why either. level up must have been on because you have it on the wwe channel a lot and I know sometimes to- they got stuff there. And, and as we said, Toxic Attraction are rumored to be moving on, but they're really not very impressive, and they weren't here. Uh, another rest hold for sure was Schism Cut. I called it an unbearable promo aimed at Cameron Grimes before a match sort of they had against Anafe and Blade, and each member of this group spoke and really didn't say anything. Um, and I swear to you, man, you can actually watch the crowd like disengage and get restless from this. People start moving around. People start getting up and going to do something else. Like it's getting like super go away heat from everybody. They need to really end this and let the grizzled young veterans go back to what they were doing. Or if you want to repackage them again, I guess it can't be worse than this. And there's a rumor because you can see some like a figure with a red hoodie is around. And apparently that's going to be Isla Dawn that's going to be joining Gacy's group. So oh God. RIP to her career, probably. Uh, this faction is death and needs to stop. Uh, another rest hold, really quickly, Apollo Cruz's bleeding eye. This is his new... Because in his match with Grayson Waller, he got eye gouged twice. So he came up and cost Waller the match against the debuting Oliver Carter, who is now... Oromensa. Oromensa. And so Cruz, his eye is like there's a drop of blood dripping from his eye permanently on his face right now, which is... Permanently? Which that is lame. Well, I guess, at least for now. Um, another kind I did of... I see a shot of it. It looks weird. Low... Sp- uh, sorry. Uh, rest hold was... I was going to say low spot, but that's not the term. 
was Von Wagner Sanga, right? What? Was, it, Von Wagner? And that's my thing is it was about what you expect it to be. So it wasn't good. Like Sanga is interesting in segments. I kind of like um, his dynamic with Faraz and Leon. And he hit a couple decent move things here. And he's absolutely huge, right? Like the thickness of this dude. Oh, yeah. Is he's like crazy. burly, bigger, burly like, guy. Yes, yeah. that's the term. Like he is like not just tall, but he's like wide um, as well. So anyways, he looked okay, but pretty basic, to be honest. And Wagner did even less. But I will say he picked up Sanga to hit that finisher that we're not sure what it is. But like the fact that he hit it to Sanga is pretty impressive, right? But not a good match. Then the last thing from NXT I wanted to talk about in a high spot for me was the Tyler Bate versus McDonough for number one contender for Braun Breaker's title. I thought it was an excellent main event, and I thought McDonough showcased some really cool stuff here that looked great. He had a 450, a Brain Buster, a Top Rope Spanish Fly, a Standing Spanish Fly. Uh, This thing only got 13 minutes, but these guys got a lot done told a pretty good story of like two evenly matched similar sized guys just sort of battling for a title shot so it felt kind of important as well and then at the end right another thing i think is cool is Ilya dragunov showed up um and that's just gives me I thought hope. his theme was really bad but it's cool that he's there right and just as a person hoping nxt improves right the fact that they're adding more and more established talent they have to involve these talent in something so there's hope that we get good matches and i was telling you that i'm hoping that the new logo is really symbolic, right? Because it's mostly the black and gold with a little bit of white, which is the the main color of the 2.0 era. Oh, so I'm, I thought the main color was all the colors. Uh, so I'm hoping what they're saying is like, it's going to be like two thirds, you know, three quarters um, black and gold with a little bit of the developmental stuff mixed in because I'd be totally fine with that, right? That's You got to find a balance where there is good wrestling happening, but you're also developing people. And I think that's the sweet spot they're going for. Do you want to throw in a few here before I go um, to Impact? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, Wrestle was uh, Brawling Brutes on on Raw. Um, Said it again. For three reasons. Uh, they're SmackDown guys, their name sucks, and Butch is still Butch. I hate Butch. That is a recurring theme for you. We Free Butch. That's what t-shirts free butch. we should get. I need to... Free Butch. Yeah, I'm... I've, Hashtag Free Butch. I've, I hate it so much. And he's just... He's so, so We're good. so close. That's the frustrating part. We're so close. Because we know how good he is. Yeah. And they are not showcasing him. They're so close. Like, he's literally Butch in all, but, like, he's literally just Butch in name and and a bit of his character. You could put Butch in Fight Pit, too, easily. Oh, yeah. Well, not at the moment. No, no. But, like, if... Pete Dunne. Yes. Could fight Pit. For sure. Pete Dunne could fight Pit all day. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I have smacked him once. If you want to go, then I can... All right, so I got Impact High Spot opening ladder match caught me by surprise because it's... All right, Brock, it was Myers and... Uh, what's his face? Bo- is it Bupinder? Gujar. Go- it's Gujar, whatever the... I forget the first name off the top it's of my Bupinder head. It's or something like that. It's like, it's a lot of letters. For the digital media title, uh, Gujar really impressed me because this was like him doing a longer match and, and like a stipulation match, which I haven't seen him do. He hit a really nice cutter off the ladder. He His gargoyle spear, he gargoyle speared uh, Myers into the ladder, which... Meyer sold really well and took really well, but it looked really good too. And then Gujar also took some serious offense. He got a back suplex off the ladder. He got power bombed onto a ladder. Uh, there was also an Irish whip spot where Gujar gets whipped into a ladder that's standing up in the corner. Yeah. So he gets whipped into it, falls face first onto the mat, and the ladder just perfectly, like, slowly tips over and lands on him and makes good impact. Nice. So, like, you couldn't have scripted it better. Um, and honestly, man, I say it a lot, right? Myers is a really good mid-card heel. He's like, I think, perfect for impact. 
Um, so he ended up winning the match, actually. He taped Gujar to the ladder and then just climbed basically up and grabbed it. So I, I really enjoyed that match. Um, another high spot for me, there was a five-way match that was... I don't know if it was for an X-Division shot. I wasn't quite clear on it. Oh, but it was um because they're doing a triple turret revolver at um, that's the pay-per-view. It. So it's like a preview thing. So it was Tarus, Laredo Kid, Alex Zane, Trey Miguel, and Mia, Mia Yim. Yim. So a lot of talent I really like there, especially Tarus, Laredo Kid, and Zane. Um, really fun match and a big departure from previous intergender stuff, right? Because my complaint was always, you're having intergender and the women hit off. Yeah, didn't Tarus like kill her with a headbutt? Yeah, he headbutted her badly. Um, so like in a good way. And also on this show, like just because I'm talking about inter- intergender, Grace, uh, Jordan Grace squashed Ziggy Dice too. Oh but, right, yeah. So Zane in this hit a bunch of his very unique offense laredo kid always looks good uh tarus picked up a big win here good for him he's oh, somebody really? yeah that awesome. we that we both really like and we think is kind of underused he's really good and just the fact that he wrestles in that head is and he kind of does like the luchasaurus kind of stuff like you know like flip yes. dude ads and whatnot so he won with i uh, it's called the destination hellhole and it's like a one of those quick sudden driver like sit out drivers it looked awesome yeah, yeah. so i thought that match was really cool um, you saw this too, and I don't know if it's a high spot or a rest hold, but I did laugh at Joe this. Hendry. Was the Joe Hendry segment this week where... Oh man, I can't. It's so... I, I, I genuinely don't know what to think either. I just, I, it hurts my brain. I almost started skipping because it looked like a commercial. And then I realized I was watching a version where the commercials are cut. So I kept watching and it's basically a couple in their kitchen and the wife is breaking to the husband that their child does not belong to the husband. Um, and so he is obviously upset by this and wants to know who the father is. And I guess this is going to be the trigger to get us Henry right is say his name, say his name. <laughs> and then of That's course, gonna always be the thing. Joe Henry comes in and bursts into song and the, the two couple, the couple forget their troubles and start clapping and Just singing along sing along with Joe Henry. It's uh, I laugh, it's man. Interesting. It's it so something. ridiculous that I found it funny. And I don't know. Like, obviously, they can't keep doing the same thing forever, but two weeks in, I'm like... It's really weird. It is super weird. So if you haven't seen it, you can go find just those clips online and see what you think. I, it's the height of ridiculousness, but it made me laugh. It definitely is. Um, In the truest sense of a high spot, in the match with PCO and Keith, which I didn't <laughs> love, but PCO got thrown off, to this, off of the stage onto a section of chairs that were set up but empty. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he landed on the chairs that were opened up because I think there might have been a pile of ones like folded beside was. it, but it still looked pretty crazy. Um, do you want to sneak in or you want to just fire off all my impact? Oh, uh, yeah, and then I got a few more after. Okay. Um, Aussie Open versus uh, Motor City Machine Guns was really good, as you would expect. I was honestly hoping for something great, and this wasn't, but it was good. I thought your boy Fletcher looked really good. I told you had like a sick looking leaping Michinoku driver. Um, and it's cool. This was just kind of interesting because both of these teams have really cool tandem offense, but like the machine guns, it's all about like quickness and stuff, right? And then right. you've got Aussie Open, it's more about power and stuff. So I, you get two different get types nice of moves. Like yeah. So uh, the machine guns won with their top rope stomp into a flatliner, and that was kind of expected because they're going to be facing, is it... Um, OGK have the titles, right? Yeah. So we're getting that. I don't know that, more. OGK. We're getting that face heel dynamic that is preferable. So it was kind of figured out Machine Guns would win. Giselle Shaw, I thought, cut a solid promo on Mickey James. She seems to be getting better. It was like a, it was like a calm, confident heel by Shaw that I like. She's basically like, 
you know, because Mickey's gimmick right now is this is her last run. As soon as she loses, she's done sort of thing. Uh, like the Ric Flair bit. Yeah. So Shaw was kind of going like, I'm going to do her a favor and beat her because she's got a loving husband and kids at home. I'm going to like send, you know what I mean? Like this yeah. calm heel, which I kind of liked. Um, rest hold, everything involving Honor No More, basically. And Heath just does nothing for me. I, I actually have trouble paying attention to their segments. Like if, if I were forced to be doing like move by move stuff for this i would struggle because i just they lose me in all of their stuff um but impact overall was was pretty good and like i said they seem to be going to longer more competitive matches which i liked um and then the only other thing that disappointed me not that it was bad is they ended the show with a segment and not a match it was was the the, contract signing where sammy Signed it in blood. Right. Ended up taking out Moose and Macklin and signed it in blood. I thought Macklin actually sounded good in his promo, basically like, I've been to war. What are you guys going to do to me that like is going to be worse than that, right? Like nothing. Because Moose is like, it's nothing compared to, and he's like, dude, you're a football player and a pampered pro wrestler. I've been to war. What are you going to, like, I kind of like that idea. Um, And then the only last thing was Victory Road. Like I told you, the opening match was fantastic delirious and speedball i put it on the list I, it was like maybe i don't know, like a 12 13 minute match but just really fast really crisp evenly matched especially since like there was no build and there's no way delirious is winning i was still super entertained mike bailey is awesome people need to understand the 2022 this guy is having he is just fighting constantly not even just an impact in other places too and having just super entertaining matches all over the country so Mike Bailey, awesome wrestler. I might even like wrestler of the year, like, you know what I mean? Honorable mention type of thing. Like, I don't think he's going to be in the running for me, but he has delivered a lot of entertaining stuff for me. And I am mm-hmm. done, so you may take it. Um, so wrestle from SmackDown hit road had like a watch party thing going on. Lane. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see And like, well, Slotharios came in after and like just like attacked him. So that's just, the like, level lame. hit row's at? Yeah. That's not great. Yeah. That's in both. Not that I like... I, I saw a little bit of them on one of the times they've been on, and there just seems to be They're something okay, missing without Swerve, right? Swerve is the thing. Maybe. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a lot missing without yeah. Swerve. Um, undecided, but maybe slight high spots. So Maximum Male Miles lost to New Day. Like, pretty, like, I think it was a pretty short match, but Max Dupree freaks out and walks off. Yeah, so Probably I think, LA Knight. Because he's made references to both LA and Knight, right? Yeah. So it seems like that's... Yeah. Which makes sense. And is better for him. Not yes. that even we were huge fans of LA Knight, but Which like better. way better. I don't mind LA Knight. And his his shtick will play well on main roster. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what exactly. they were thinking with this gimmick. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, rest hold Braun Strowman versus Otis. It looked lame. Strowman won with like a jackknife looking powerbomb. Nice. Um, he problem Otis one of the other weeks too. So maybe he's taking Wardlow's gimmick. I like to run yeah, power I, slam. I, it's, it's funny you say that because when I saw his was it debut or whatever i was thinking the same thing that wwe wants to go we have an actual giant like monster guy because wardlow's like my height right he's not a huge guy he's just big whereas braun Strowman is looking crazy I like right power slam better though i mean it's a basic move too but at least that was his but thing. when you're that big and strong you can a basic move hurts more so it kind of makes sense yeah. right yeah and um, then high spot i'm just going to mention again the hangman won the battle royal and he's going to face mox and suck at cm punk <laughs> nice that's my high spot uh that's everything you had yep all right, so we are going to move into our final segment. You did say you had stuff this week. I think. And that is where Jack takes a look at the world of wrestling action figures, updates us a little bit in what we call Figuring It Out with Jack. Um, so 
the first thing it's like from Boss Fight Studios. It's I think it's Boss Fight Studios. What is Boss Fight Studios? It's one of the they make the Lucha Libre figures. I got like one of those accessory packs one time. Okay. With the and so they got like a, like you got it in Canada or we got it from Ringside. Oh, okay. Uh, Fanatico's Series One are in stock. It's like so you got Lucha Bros. It's like so Phoenix is kind of like wearing a black and orange. They they, they put their shirts on, which is kind of weird. But Penta's in like a black and white with a shirt on, so it's kind of weird. It's like it's like their bottom half is ring gear, and like then they have masks Strange and shirts. Strange choice. They have tie of Valkyrie in like orange and white, so that's really? kind of cool. And uh, Hoovy, like an older Hoovy. So Hoovy juice. And he actually has nipples. Most people do. No, but like the figures don't. <laughs> right. And then there's more images for Elite ninety seven. Uh, there's King Woods in the white and yellow, and the the red and yellow, which which is the chase. And you have Seamus, which is the new double jointed one with the the protective mask and stuff, and he's got the big coat. Uh, you can put that on Ricochet. Nice. And then you got Ronda Rousey from Royal Rumble <laughs> yes. this year, which looks really lame because it's like that weird black gear that she wore at Rumble this year, because like she didn't have actual ring gear or whatever. Right. And you have Omos, which looks kind of lame because it's just Omos, like it's basic because it's Omos. And uh, Chainsaw Charlie, which is interesting and an interesting pick that they chose. But I mean, that's kind of neat. It's like an obscure one that they put in. And then Alexa Bliss, um, she's got the doll. The doll's there. <laughs> Amazing. She comes with the doll. That's what you're gonna want it for, right? You'll throw yeah, the figure out exactly. and keep the doll <laughs> yeah. and just snuggle it. And then the shipments are going out for some other series, like the new basics and the new battle packs. And then they put out some images for the. The uh, Brock Lesnar and Ultimate Warriors. It's Brock Lesnar, like it's basically current Brock. It's Farmer Brock with the longer hair, and he comes with the both both belts with the tight with the side plates. So it's got like WWE title with his side plates and the blue universal with the, his side plates. Even though okay. he never held the blue belt. <gasps> so Details problem. And then uh, continuity error. And there's Ultimate Warrior. He's getting another Ultimate Edition, and it's from WrestleMania Seven with the Macho Man retirement match. Nice. And the coat's got like the it's got like Macho Man on like the knee pad and like it's actually really cool actually. It's a nice gear. Um it's got like it's it's like when a Mo- uh Rick Rude had the tights with him and Warrior on Love it. It's kinda that. like it's kinda like that. Macho always had amazing gear. Uh and then yeah, so Ultimate Warrior's got like the coat with him and Macho on it and his knee pads are like his face and Macho's face. Right. So that's kinda cool. Nice. Uh anything else? What you got? Uh yeah, that's it. All right. I guess there's some images for the Mega Powers 2-pack, but it's nothing, like, super new. Nice. Well, I guess that's the end of episode 114 from FNS Wrestling Podcast down here in the basement. Thanks for checking us out. Any time you spent with us is appreciated. If you would like to contact us, I don't know if I've thrown our information out in a long time, fnswrestling at gmail.com would be emailing me, fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram. We'll go to that guy over there. Mm-hmm. we'd love to hear from anybody any feedback is always welcome we promise we will get back to you we will be back here next saturday i'm probably going to watch the rest of victory road i don't know if i'll talk about it maybe i'll add it to something for next week but mm. i don't think there's anything else going on this week in the world of wrestling that we need to check so, out not yet so it'll be back here next week for episode 115 next saturday afternoon or evening and we look forward to seeing you all back here plus hopefully a few more then and until then Take care.